I'm going to go into uh, the word for today. And the topic is maneuvering the storms of life. I think this is not a, uh, a new uh, language to any one of us. I know that if we should ask each and every one of us sitting down, we will have something to say. Let me ask you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, and I will read. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great storm, windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already Feeling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care what we are, that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let us pray. Father, I pray that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight today, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Sometimes we hear all kinds of exclamation. It can be, what happened? How did it happen? Who did that? I just saw him yesterday. These are exclamations, which signifies that something had happened. It might have caught us unawares. And we are all either screaming, I love North Americans. North American culture is wonderful. African culture is theatrical. In North America, you can just say, what happened? In Africa, it's like, yay! Loud noise. People are pounding on the floor and they are dramatizing. But it shows us something that happened that we do not have knowledge of. There is always a calm before the storm. And he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Before you make that decision, it means everything was calm. There is no reason for you to go across the other side if there was a problem. So they made that decision. Let's go across. Everything was calm. 
decisions sometimes we made based on our present situation. No anxiety, no danger, no reason for fear or flight or fight come before the storm. It's usually a time of peace, joy, rest. It's usually the time we give each other high fives, barbecue in the backyard, merriment, enjoyment. But this is the time. This is usually the moment where we record our weakest point. Because we marry, we enjoy, we are at peace and we are at rest and we worry not. But this is our weakest moment. Remember the scripture says, the devil prowls around at night when we are all doing what? Asleep. Our weakest moment. Remember also in the book of John chapter 17, Jesus was with his disciples having dinner with them just before he was arrested, crucified, punished, beaten, and definitely hung. Come before the storm. If the disciples knew what would have come to Jesus, they wouldn't have acted that way. They wouldn't have even eaten with him. They would have been standing guard. Storms are part of life realities. Storm, storms will come. It will come. Are we ready? The other good news is that when storm comes, what happened? The way it comes is going to do what? Fade away. So I don't know. As you are seated, all I can see is good smiles. I don't know. The storm that you are in. And the great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. Now the storm has come. What do we do? When the storm comes, most of us, naturally, we will prefer to do what? Run off and stay on the shore. But when the storms of life comes, would you rather not prefer being in the storm with Master Jesus? Master Jesus, because he is the beginning and the end, the maker and finisher, the God who says, I am the God who sees and knows your innermost being. So if you know what I'm thinking about, why will I not stay in the storm with my God? We all have the greatest insurance policy anyone 
can ever think of. We don't realize this. We have just begun year 2020. And most of us are already in the storm already. The storm has already started. And no, every storm has a name. I don't know the name of the storm you are passing through, but I know the name of the storm that I am passing through. And you know the victory cry? Remember, there will be a storm. Two, the storm is going to fade away. And three, the victory cry. The storm has a name. And the scripture says, at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ, every knee must bow and every tongue confess. That is our victory cry. So be it the storm of finance, be it marital problem, be it children, be it any other thing. That is a name. Name it to Master Jesus because you've said, Jesus, at the mention of the name, at the mention of your name, every knee must bow. It is important to know that our responses to life urgent matters determines our character. The way we respond when we are in the midst of storm is quite important because we know that there will always be storm. The name of the Lord is a strong tower regardless of what we are going through, regardless of high, high, or low the storm is. We know that when we put an oak seed, oak tree, a seed, the seed in a pot, it's going to grow, right? But that seed will never grow to become what? An oak tree. Why? As Christians, we know that this seed has been contained. So regardless whether we put miracle growth fertilizer in it or not, it will never grow beyond that pot. Which means there's nothing wrong with the seed, but the seed has fallen prey to its environment. How have we as Christians fallen Pray to our environment. When we are experiencing storms in our life, we are caged. Most of us, we are caged. And we do not reason that beside us, behind us, with us, we have the greatest Messiah. So we assume these environmental limitations and we think this, I'm doomed. There is no way out. Let me give you a personal testimony. God is able and more than able to do exceedingly and above beyond what we may think. One year, I was about to go to Nigeria and the accountant told me, boss, that's how she calls him, boss, we have to pay this 150000 in GST. And I said, 150 And she said, yes. And we don't have money. Collection is slow. 
So I said, okay, we find out what's going to happen. We knew unless we collect, we can't pay. We knew that. And Revenue Canada doesn't joke with their money, you know that. So a day to when I was leaving, the external accountant called me and said, Dio, I found something. And I said, what? Um, you are supposed to pay GST. And I said, yes, but maybe I don't know what's going to happen. He said, but I found something. And I said, what did you find? He said, your previous accountant hasn't, has been paying GST on many of the organizations you never collected from. So I'm collecting everything back. And I said, yeah, I was thinking 10000 or something. And he said, we're only going to be paying back 19000 God is alive. That is just one testimony. If we honor God, if we value him in our lives, in the little things that he does, he will come through for us in the greater things. Storms sometimes may be an avenue created by God to turn our eyes, to turn our direction somewhere else. And if we do not believe in God that is able to pull us out, we will continue to sink. 2020, I say to you, sink not. I say to you, rise up. And hang on to God. Remember in his word, he said, my hands are always stretched out, reaching out to pull you out. So why will I fear? Why will I fret? While I was seven years old, my father passed away. Very young. People predicted that my mother will never last. They were too, too close, too loving. Lo and behold, a year after, she went to join her husband. I never knew what was going on. Life was good then. We have families who took us in. We have four children. But I lived from one uncle to the other. And for many years, I never realized, I never can't figure it out. Why did God take them home? My father died in a car accident uh, coming from a Sunday school clinic. They said, why would you take them away? Now I know. God wouldn't have put on Chipram into our lap if I haven't gone through the experience of being an orphan. I will never know what to do. I will never have the passion. I will never have the compassion. I'm telling you, God is taking you through something in your storm today. The storm you are facing, never let go. Be bold. Stand firm. Remember, at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ, every knee must bow and every tongue confess. We have a Redeemer, a Savior. A comforter, king of all kings, lord of all lords. Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Raphael, Jehovah Shalom. The all providing and all knowing. If you believe this, then you must ride in the storm with Jesus Christ.
a master planner. Our ever-present help in times of trouble. Hanging on to Christ is experiential. So there's nothing more, nothing much I can say or we can tell you here. If you do not choose to experience and walk with him, it's of no use. Trust, and he will rebuke the storm in our lives. Remember that we are never alone in this storm. There are many times I go to bed, our own day in our home is... We need to get like 48 hours in one day. We get woken up by Chiprom, 6 a.m. By 7 to 8 a.m., you must have dealt with a whole lot of things. And sometimes we just go to bed tired. But I've learned one thing. Anything that we are not able to understand, we leave it to God. God, just take control. I'm going to bed. Because you've said you are the God who never sleeps nor slumber. So I want to sleep. And it has worked. It has worked. Forget your intellectual. Forget the smartness. Forget all this wish thing on your phone. Yes, two plus two is equal to four. It may not be four. Let us surrender our wisdom, our knowledge, weather forecasts, cannot help us in our own storm. Don't go to those weather things, yeah, minus two today. It's not going to help. Only Jesus is our source. Let us make him our driver, the decision maker. God knows what we are going through. Psalm 139 says it all. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Listen, before a word on my tongue is spoken, you do what? You already knew it. So will you now say, God is not with us in our storm? Will you now say, he doesn't know what we are going through? Please, let us be prepared. Who do we run to when we are at the mercy of the raging storm? Make sure we do not go to the wrong source. We have so many, many fix-it um, talk show hosts all over on the internet. We need to pray individually and as a church. Prayer has been seen and researched as the common denominator in all religion. And it's one of the strongest means by which we as individuals can form a very good relationship with God. Muslims They are known to pray how many times? Five times. Jews, they are known to pray 
pray. How many times? Three times. The Buddhists. Oh, I've been to Asia many times. And I see that the Buddhists, they pray several times. They are walking on the street. They get to their shrine. They, get, they are passing through the temple, their temple, they pray. Prayer, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, they made it as a lifestyle. Whether they are in sorrow, happiness, they have shoes, they don't have shoes, they pray. And this fascinates me. If I ask us this morning, we Christians, how many times do we pray? Maybe once or twice, maybe a little bit more, when the storms of life get hold of us. We need to be praying when we are at a loss, when we are at a gain, sorrow, Blessed or not blessed, healthy or sick, and the list goes on. And with our non-routine prayer life, we expect to be blessed, we expect total victory, we expect success and abundance, and trouble-free life and breakthroughs. In year 2020, Unless prayer becomes a lifestyle for us in our home and within the church, we may not be able to move mountains, as Jesus said. We have to pray when we are broke, when we are happy, and most importantly, when we don't feel like it. We were going through many challenges a couple of months ago, and I wasn't really feeling like praying. And God laid something in my heart, and I said, you know what? Every night, we are going to be putting calls through to Chiprom in Nigeria, and for two months, every night, we are praying together. And that helped me, helped our family. Remember the prayer of a righteous person. Availeth much. Pray. Let us teach our children how to pray now so that when they are alone, they can face the storm. We have three kids in our home, and they know they have to pray. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I, we said, we haven't had these children praying at night. So we called them. Hey, children, what has been going on? We haven't had you pray. Oh, um, uh, it's just yesterday. We forgot. We'll go and do it now. And we said, okay, very good. All your phones, all your laptops, bring it here. When you choose, all we need to do as parents is teach. You are equipping them, but you think they don't, they are not imbibing it when they are alone. You've given them Christ. When the storm comes, believe me, they are going to pray. They are going to hang up to that rope that you've given them. This year, prayer is a necessity for us. 
Prayer must become a lifestyle. I like, Todd, I like those years when we fashioned prayer. You know what we do? At midnight, prayer was going on. We were in the church, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., midnight. As a church, prayer heals. Prayer fills the vacuum. Nehemiah prayed, Ezekiah prayed, Hannah prayed, and they got results. I want to encourage us that we need to uphold prayer as a lifestyle. It connects us with Jesus. It connects us with the things of God. Because God is the keeper of all unknown things. Fear can be an obstacle to faith. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. They were terrified. There are many things we go through even now. That terrifies us. Most of us comes to church. Yeah, good morning. And the first lively person that greets you, wakes you up, that I'm alive. Every day that we sleep and we wake up signifies, it tells us, God is with me. Because once you are sleeping, you are what? Dead to the flesh. But once you wake up, Christ is alive with you. So why do we need to fear? Fear is also a reality in life. It is a necessity. It has its positive and negative impacts. But one thing I value about fear is that it does not respect your degree. It does not respect your skill. It does not respect your, your suit or your jacket. When fear grips, you're on your knees. But the scripture tells us, fear not, for I have run what? Conquer the world for you. When fear knocks on our door, we need an intercessor. And that is our God. Philippians 4, 6 said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. Let us use songs, hymns, meditation. We are just in January. Once we do this, fear begins to fade. We sing a lot in the African. Even when you can't pray, pray through singing. That rock that never fails, let me hide in you. Let me hide in you. In you there is power. I surrender. I'm not a good uh, singer. 
But sing. When children and my wife hears me singing, they know that something is happening. And it's only my wife who will say, is everything okay? <laughs> yes, it's okay. I'm calling on him. It works. Many people are always afraid when they fly. I fly so many times. And I said, hey, if God wants me, he will take me whenever. And this is norm for me. I get in the plane. 75% of the time, I never know when the plane takes off. I'm gone in the hands of God Almighty. So if anything happens, I'm already in his hands. Trust in him. Today, I appeal to you, lift up your spirits. Hang on to him. Tell him, Father, I can no longer take this. The storm is too much. Father, you are the maker of the storm. The scripture says, even the darkness is light to him. So why do we need to fear? Be strong. Psalm 27, verse 1. Let this be, let this be in your wallet. The Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Even when the torrents and the storm, they engulf me, I will always say what? Hallelujah to my God. Sometimes I say hallelujah when there is no sign of hallelujah. Because I'm so scared, I have no other word to say than to say, God, just help me out. Finish it. Let us be strong. Let us rest upon the rock that will never fail, that will never let us down. There has never been a storm that has no hand. The only thing we don't know is, when will it end? Sometimes it seems as if the storm will not end when we are in it. But realistically, storm is temporary. It is temporary just for a limited time. When it ends, the light comes. Smile comes. Noah never knew when the storm will end. But when it ended, what happened? New beginning, new life. Job never knew what was going to end his predicament. But when it ended, it became a story today. The most important thing for us to do is to invite Master Jesus into our lives. Even when the storm is raging, let us invite him. And on our behalf, he will speak to the storm. 
We are no accidental children, let me tell you. We are created in his image. He foreknew us. He predestined us. So why will he fail us when we are riding in the raging storm? He has promised even more. He said, I will give you a name better than sons and daughters. And he said, I have promised you all an everlasting time, time of merriment, when all the song that we'll, be, that we'll be singing then is hallelujah, just worshiping. There is no more pain, no more I don't have gas money, no more OSAP problem, no more pain. Sometimes, when we think about the promises of God, we don't want to stay here. We want to be with Him. Sometimes, the challenges and obstacles we face are sometimes God's machinery to reposition us. Being comfortable now sometimes can be devil's design for our future discomfort. Even when our request takes time, let us learn to wait for it. It's coming. It may not be what we expect. Remember, he is the beginning and the end. Master planner. He knows where it started and where it's going to end. And the solace, the good thing for me, which will be for you too, is Genesis 1.26, I believe. It says, and when God made everything human being, and he said, all was Good. So you are good. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you exit this all way today, remember that there should be no fear, no power, no spiritual wickedness, no principalities in high places should be able to pull us down. I'm going to invite... Um, the worship team to come up. And I would like to close with the strong words spoken to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. I'm going to sing it. Don't, don't laugh. But hear the words. It says, Be strong and take courage. Do not fear or be dismayed. For the Lord we go before you, and his light will shine your ways. 
So I say be strong and take courage for the Lord who lives within you will be strong for you today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We glorify your holy name. For you are wonderful. You are mighty. Father, we thank you for this great church. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you because you said you are with us till the end of time. Father, as we live today, Father, run before us. Be behind us. Lift us up above every obstacle and every harm so that we'll be glad and be able to say thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray.